Hey there, fellow conductors of the Metaphysical Examination, and welcome to the Crossover for the week of August 7th, 2017. This is episode 330. Welcome to the show. We're going to talk a little bit about Ivan Reitman's comments on the Empire podcast. We're going to talk about Ghostbusters 101, number 5. Uh, we've also got a little bit of Diamond Select Toys news. Boy, there's a lot in here, including some speculation about a film reel that was found by Bobby's Toy Chest. Stillplayingwithtoys.net presents The Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad The biggest podcast since 1909 So free News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters Are you the key master? Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart Don't look at me, I think these people are completely nuts Woo! All these forest fires going on in BC and Alberta And, and um I was concerned because we drove through the mountains. Turned out, didn't really encounter them much except for two small ones. We drove, we drove past two small fire fires, oh, forest fires. Um, got to Calgary uh, area, and the whole river valley was like, like uh, Mexico City at its worst level pollution. Like the, the oh, haze because from of the, all of the smoke, the smoke. And the, yeah. And they'd been having that for ages, and I was like, that's crazy. But well, that's what it is what it is. And then it flipped. And last night, uh, this weather front moved in and brought some vague attempt at rain with it. But that whole front pushed everything back. So Vancouver right now is basically choking on, like again, they had to put out a weather quality uh, warning because of all the forest fire smoke uh, on top of these, you know, record shattering highs for august i'm like oh my god unbelievable and it's not just on the west coast too i know everybody's having some crazy extreme weather uh you know that atlanta and and uh, the the south and the east coast they're all getting pelted with torrential downpour rains and so it's you know i it, as much as we're sitting here talking about the weather and you're like guys what did i tune into a ghostbusters podcast to listen to the weather for <laughs> seems like it's affecting everybody at the moment everybody so, let's uh, just this message the brought to you by an inconvenient sequel now in theaters go check it out uh <laughs> 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 but, uh, <laughs> that's I, our first one. That one's run in trailers a couple times. I'm, I've been lucky enough on my my approximate uh, summer holiday to get to theaters a couple of times, and they've run it at the front of it. And each and every time, they just have that subtle dig where he's like, "Last time I said, yeah, you know, uh, we had the hypothetical situation of of floodwaters flooding the, <laughs> you know, the two towers site, and everybody said that was tasteless." Then, and then it, they didn't even have the <laughs> bit where he said, then it happened. Yeah. They just ran news footage of it happening. And it's like, wow, that's uh, uh, salty. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit of salt. You didn't listen. That. So we made another movie because you didn't listen the first time. Ah. Uh, anyway, so we'll, we'll launch into some Ghostbusters chat. Uh, but first, yeah. we should talk about so last week, uh, you guys got a, a, a special treat, an unexpected treat, actually, because uh, it happened very last minute. Uh, I, uh, as, as you may, if you follow the podcast religiously, know uh, Secret Studio South uh, had to be disassembled and. Uh, we had no walls, and uh, the studio was filled with all of our belongings because we had to pull everything out of the closets. And 
So uh, Chris was kind enough to step in and, and do a mix. Was that was that a mix you already had, or did you do that specifically for the episode? No, I did that special for the episode. Oh man, because that that happened really fast. It was like Wednesday when I sent you a text, and I was like, "Dude, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. There's just no space in the apartment. I I have no place to record. I literally have no place to record right now." Yeah, and you were like, "No place. May have to push it back." Thursday? No, I can't do Thursday. <laughs> then next day, Friday. And then it was like, no, I can't do Friday. I think we're just going to have to skip. And yeah. you know the magic words. You're like, I think we'll just have to go dark this Monday. And I'll, I'll that's Yeah, that's that's like your trigger. That's your, like, if whenever I suggest that we skip an episode, which we have, we, have, we've done once in, in our entire uh, just once? two plus year run. We took a week off after Ghostbusters answered the call uh, because we did three episodes in two weeks. No, four episodes in two weeks. And I think yeah. both you and I were like... I think we're good. We just we need a week. We just need to kind of regroup and come back to it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that was uh, that wasn't so much that it was a dark week. It was more like when you go diving and you just take hyperventilate for a few minutes <laughs> yeah, to get exactly. some extra oxygen. We hyper we hyper uh, podcasted you, and then we were quiet for a little while. Yeah, but so that's that's the only time we've missed an episode, <laughs> and it is because of your uh, determination that we will not miss an episode. And so yeah, every time I'm like, you know, I think if we miss an episode this week, it's going to be okay. That's you know, that's your uh, Mighty Mouse uh, trigger to come in and save the day and <laughs> put together an it's, awesome mixtape type episode. So Yeah, well, I almost, I started it and I was like, what the hell am I doing? I'm leaving on holidays on Sunday. I got stuff to, I need to, ah! <laughs> I got a pack. Yeah. But uh, yeah, well, no, I mean, it's, uh, it's fairly easy uh, if, go digging, spend a little time, try and find a couple of cool new tracks and all that sort of thing and it wasn't long i think it clocked in at what 40 minutes it was like but, yeah, a little uh, under 40 minutes yeah and, and with a good interview or two in there which was fun and and things that i hadn't heard that you you uh dug out of the vaults and um, that's, my, that's my goal i know everybody who listens to this most likely has heard at least something in there at least once but if i can find one or two things that people haven't heard before, i think it was like the the remix of the promised land that was one that i had not heard before yeah no, that's not a remix that's that's the one he put on his album oh yeah, that's the album version okay but he recorded a version for the album and it's subtle but it is a different recording yeah. it is you know well, it's kind of like or- didn't the, the thompson twins the the um in the name of love that's on their album has kind of a different mix to it a different instrumentation to it uh that's that's yeah. kind of what it reminded me of um but yeah, it was cool. I liked it. I really, I really was, dug that man. So yeah, it was uh, somebody's. I did. There's no name on it. It was just called Bobby Brown on our own funky mix two, <laughs> which, which is as I usually like these things. It, uh, it's it's the track kind of you know cut and edited around. It's not so much a remix as a an edit, and then they throw in movie stuff on yeah. top. So that was, I, I know uh, on our own is kind of our traditional lead in. So I thought that was a good place to start with. Yeah, that was that was great. That was cool. Um, uh, then then it was yeah J T Taylor, uh, X Cool in the Gang J T Taylor. Um, then where did I go to from there? Oh, um, so off the vinyl. Uh, for Dougie Fresh and the Get Fresh crew, there uh, the the 12-inch vinyl that went out for Spirit, there was remixes on it. Oh, that makes sense. By uh, yeah, uh, the Shockley Brothers and Paul Shabazz, and I like that one a lot because it's a very, very different 
and very um, like kind of upbeat a little it's bit it's way more yeah. it's way more hip-hop like yeah. it, it, whereas the one that w- went into the one somebody said can you make it slightly more ghostbustery so it has like that <laughs> the ghostly vocal that, yeah, the coral thing and, yeah. yeah yeah whereas this one is just straight up uh uh break out the cardboard and uh do some elevator elevate uh airplane spins on your head or whatever it was yeah. whatever uh, Wherever breakdancing was at in 1989. <laughs> uh, and then I was hoping I could find, you'd think Higher and Higher would be covered lots, but it turns out it's, it's not. There's a good acapella not. version, and it's not like pentatonics, but it's somebody around along those lines. Yeah, lots um, of little remixes of various quality, like somebody who said, I'm going to take it and make it a dance one, and those yeah. are kind of hit and miss. This one, they called it a remix, but... Basically, they did their own track and sampled from the uh, bits and pieces from yeah. the uh, original <laughs> recording. It turns out to be an entirely different song. Yeah, it really was. It sounded like uh, when you're in a trendy New York City hotel lobby. It was one of yeah. those kind of you know songs that you'd be hearing over the PA system. Uh, yeah. yeah, and then my my greatest uh, pleasure and my my deepest sorrow was the last track, which was. Uh, this extended demo of Flesh and Blood by Oingo Boingo. Yeah. Where did that come which, from? Uh, there's, there's, well, <laughs> um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Oingo Boingo and lead singer went on to do many, many soundtracks. Uh, help me out here. Danny Elfman? Danny yeah. Elfman, thank yeah. you. Danny Elfman, uh, they're fans of both Oingo Boingo and Danny Elfman, and they track... Uh, their careers and discography religiously. There is no information where they where they got it from. It's uh, just that these one of these groups posted it up on their thing, tape trading kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So and like I'm listening to it and I can't hear crowd, but it kind of is reminiscent of maybe it was coming off of a soundboard oh, somewhere or something. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe it was something that they were testing out and they're like, yeah, let's go for this and just see how it plays. And Yeah, it was pretty organic. Um, and it could come from any number of places because they have a weird history. Like their final performance as a band was a Halloween. And it's like awesome. Like a televised Halloween. Yeah. It is. Oh, it's so and good. And so I, I wonder stuff like that if maybe, yeah, for sound check or setup or whatever. They Who knows, right? Hmm. Just no real clue. There wasn't wasn't a lot, and it sounds great. I just wish it was a slightly higher quality. Yeah, and, uh, could have been somebody that had a recorder at a show too, and if it was something that they were trying out, you know, there's there are the people that go in there with their, you know, before they had uh, their DAT recorders and they were recording live performances, and now you can just take your Zoom or your iPhone or yeah. whatever and do it. But uh, yeah, it was pretty good, man. Uh, people have asked if you would put out a like a playlist or a key to all of the songs, and I know you were working on one, right? Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> uh, a little track list that people can follow along if you're not uh, entirely because sure. there are there's a lot of cool rarities in there, like the Five Alive commercial and the uh, uh, oh yeah the, the Hardys commercial and. Yeah, the music is as I just read it out there. That that was in track order. So if you want to know what the music is, and most of that I pulled off of YouTube. So I know you guys that like to build your uh, the pack tracks, so to speak, for conventions right. and all that. Yeah. Uh, you can probably go dig them up there on your own too. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll put together a, a full list Excellent. of uh, 
found a little old New York radio stuff. There actually uh, was a radio station called WGBI. And it is no longer in existence, huh? No, it's gone. Hmm. Well, I can't. Uh, maybe something else. I can't else. swear for sure. Like it may have turned into something else. Yeah, it's just that uh, it nothing exists that they've bothered to do call letters and put it up on YouTube. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Because uh, I seem to recall the last time I went looking into that, it kind of popped up in a couple of places over the yeah. years. So, you know, call letters just kind of cycle around. Yeah. If I ever, if I ever, if I ever start a pirate radio station, that's what I'm. I'm gonna ironically call it WGBI. WGBI. Well, I mean, here's your pirate radio. You're you're on it right now. <laughs> that's true, and I get uh, slightly further reach than I probably would trying to. Pump it <laughs> into that radio, aerial life yeah. hung up in the tree. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, well, so we have lots of Ghostbusters news uh, that we did not get into two weeks ago, and then we weren't able to do last week because we were uh, not recording. Uh, but before we do that, you and I didn't get to talk about that Stranger Things trailer since we didn't record last week. Uh, no, did that's you, true. Did you check it? You you checked it out. I was trying to avoid it, right? But did you watch it? I did watch it. Yeah. It's uh, it's, uh, it's not much of a spoiler to be honest. It wasn't, and that but I was trying to go in completely cold. I feel like with Stranger Things, the first go around, I didn't really know a whole lot about it, so I kind of wanted to replicate that uh, that scenario again. And uh, so I'm like, I'm not going to watch the trailer, and then everybody's talking about it, and you know, John Yerkeba, uh, friend of the show, and and you all know him and love him. Uh, he he's like, Troy, did you watch it? And I'm like, ah. No, I'm trying not to. I just oh, everybody's talking about it. <laughs> so uh, yeah. I gave in and, and I watched it. And damn, I mean, I'm glad I did because it's it really got me psyched up. I mean, not that I wasn't psyched up for October, but even more so now. I know it's going to be a really sexy October this year. It feels like there's a. I mean, yeah, there's so so much, especially Ghostbusters so much related. It's yep. kind of crazy how much we're going to be getting. So. And I expect Spirit of Spirit Halloween will contact you or and I any minute now <laughs> for our input on their their Ghostbusters uh, section of their store, their little pop up store, the store within the store. I guess, yeah. Uh, I like, yeah. You were really pushing that, and I was like, "Come on, guys, this is easy Come for on. you. Come on, hit me." Uh, but so yeah. So if you haven't seen the Stranger Things trailer, if you're listening to this, you probably, unlike me, have watched it multiple times. Uh, but uh, I do know the uh, Ghostbusters, the Mexico guys, uh, did a little. They tried because we don't have split tracks for the trailer yet, so they tried to put the Ghostbusters theme into it, so it drowns out all of the dialogue and stuff. But it it does play pretty well with the Ghostbusters track underneath it, which is is fun <laughs> to watch too. But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, lots lots of Ghostbusters imagery, lots of Ghostbusters themes in there. Uh, check check that out. But um, all right, we've got tons and tons of news, so I guess we should launch into it, huh? Absolutely. Hey guys, Peter, I have some news from the world of Gozer. I got some pretty cool stuff cooking up over here. If you want to turn your head, multiplanar curly and emanation. Now, well, here's your next month's cover of GQ. Check out the aura on this sucker. Okay, Chris, let's start. Let's start where we left off two weeks ago. Uh, let me take you back in a, in a time machine. Uh, we talked a lot about Ivan Reitman because he he was the talk of the town because he showed up for the San Diego Comic-Con for the panel of biblical proportions. Um, we talked quite a bit about the animated movie and the next steps for the franchise, um, but we didn't get into um, a couple of, of issues, which let's get to that in a second, because he followed up the San Diego Comic-Con panel with... Um, 
he was on the Empire podcast. We sort of alluded that we knew he was recording that. We knew it was coming. And, and sure enough, uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, that hit the uh, the airwaves, the Empire podcast waves. Uh, and uh, our good friend Michael Tanaka was kind enough to send us uh, notes. He, he sent us a good rundown of the highlights. Uh, so hat, hat tip to him, uh, because as soon as that was released, he said, here's the highlights that you guys should listen to, which I, I really, I, you know, again, I, that guy's enthusiasm, I can't stress enough, like how much <laughs> Michael is just like totally, he's the keeper of everything. Like if there's yes. anybody worthy of having his um, likeness on the cover of Ghostbusters 101, uh, it's it's Michael because he's he's putting say, in a ton yeah. of work, man. That's why he shows up in the comic every every month, and and uh, we don't. So yeah, exactly. Enough. He's uh, it's it's well deserved. So uh, hat hat tip to Michael for these. But uh, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna play you a couple of clips here, and these these are the personal selects of Michael Tanaka. Funny enough, so. Uh, the first one here, uh, Ivan is setting up talking about how he wants to merge the two universes. Um, and this is this is now sort of in response to uh, comments that he made at the Comic-Con panel uh, where he wanted to bring the Answer the Call team together with the original team. Uh, here's what he says. So we are delighted to be joined at San Diego Comic-Con by Ivan Reitman. How are you doing, sir? Hi. It's a madhouse here. It sure is. Uh, you, you, I mean, you're, you must be a Comic-Con hero. I just walked past some people dressed as Ghostbusters. You must be treated as a living god here. Uh, I try not to be. <laughs> I try to keep my mortality as long as I can. <laughs> so is this your first Comic-Con, or have you been a bunch of times? It actually is my first Comic-Con. I've always tried to stay away, and... Um, I used to go to 3E. I've gone, you know, a few times yeah. in Los Angeles. But uh, I think this is, it may be my second, actually, here. What are your impressions of, of wandering around? Well, it's fun. You know, uh, just from doing the panel, um, you know, people are real fans. They, they've appreciated the work and show an enormous amount of love and goodwill. What's not to like? It's, yeah. it's a great thing. Yeah. And you're here to promote uh, a new Ghostbusters comic book? Yeah, the... Um, you know, we want one of the things I wanted to try is putting the two worlds, the world, the classical worlds of my first two movies, and then Paul Feig sort of reboot of the Ghostbusters from last year. I, I mean, I thought the movie was very funny, but I know there was an enormous amount of disappointment uh, because it was, it didn't connect to the original set of films and characters, and and the audiences felt something really missing. So. I know there's a lot of talk about gender, but I actually thought the gender stuff was really not the issue. I think it was really not connecting it with the historical films. So um, I wanted to try to put it together to see how that would feel and how it would work. And I thought using the comic book, which has been very popular for us, um, you know, throughout the, you know, throughout the uh, '80s, uh, as a as a good testing ground for the story and certainly the most ardent fans who are also comic book collectors were going to let us know whether they like this idea or not and so far they've loved it so in, the, in this world I guess there are two people who look like Dan Aykroyd and two people who look like Bill Murray because they were playing different characters in that um, yeah if you're going to take it exactly like that my real objective is is to not to have um, two separate universes make it kind of a historical thing the Ghostbusters the original sort of 1984, 1989 Ghostbusters came first. And then later on, um, this group from Answer the Call have taken over. And are you, are you
Okay, so that's that's interesting, Chris. So he his phraseology here where he says that the answer the call group has taken over. And he, he also mentions sort of a historical thing. It's kind of what we've talked about that we've wanted or what we thought they probably should have done from the start where, you know, maybe the 84, the original Ghostbusters went into retirement or, you know, the PKE. Underground yeah, they were underground. Uh, PKE levels were so low that they uh, couldn't, couldn't scrounge a few bucks anymore. And so they had to move on and do other things. I'm I'm getting the feeling that that's kind of what he's. I don't know. Is he? Maybe we're even talking about like a retcon scenario here. Like maybe they're just going to move on. Like uh, in the next movie or whatever, uh, the original Ghostbusters are going to show up and be like, "Hey, you guys are in a firehouse. What what gives? You know, like it's just going to be completely dismissed that it's it's the same universe and we don't have to deal with dimensions and portals and travel and all of that stuff." Yeah. I, I don't know, uh, and frankly, there's a million and one things we can just speculate at, and uh, it could be simpler or it could be uh, wackier than, than we guessed. I I don't, because I, I seem to recall you and I talked about this before, this idea that f- for some reason the original principles had to kind of drop out of the spotlight. So, for example, Ray driving a cab and knowing what, you know, what the ghost right. level knowing classification the terminology is terminology for it. Yeah. yeah. And there's no, he's not never given a name. So, sure, that's what Ray does. He, you know, he's just working the, the cab sort of thing. Uh, you know, Janine continues on in the service industry. But it, it leaves some big questions for why is Peter this, you know, right. highly why is- public character why is is winston patty's uncle and why is sigourney weaver way off the character (laughs) mark for dana so i don't know i guess there's some room to just say you know to retcon it and then ignore the glaring problems and just move forward i i they talked a couple of times too about like they use the phrase bringing the universes together. So, yeah. you know, what, yeah. what, what if, you know, just hypothetically speaking, the, the, some, uh, problem arises that, you know, with the, oh God, it's so late and I'm on holiday. I can't even form words. <laughs> but my point is, is I kind of think there's room to move in that if there is a, an issue and in order to offset the issue the ghostbusters have to <clears throat> say break the universe a little bit or jump to another one or let one collapse into the other and only they'll know what's still going on and it does then allow for things like pete vankman is no longer pete vankman winston zedmore is no longer winston zedmore it's not perfect uh, more and I guess you and I guess we got a lot to talk about this. It also then does kind of leave room for a heroic exit on Egon's part, right? As in, yeah, that's you know, true. Sort of, sort of a somebody has to hold the gate open sort of situation, and we'll be well, lost in the process. But I don't know. Yeah, and that's so that's that's a little further down the rundown. But I think it's a natural segue for us to go into because one of the we don't things- have to get into it. I'm I like I said, I'm just. I'm just kind of pointing out that that as we saw an answer to the call, uh, Econ is a visual nod. Yeah, uh, yeah. Two of the characters look like they could have just gone undercover, 
and the other three are just kind of wildly off the mark and it's it's really hard to see how you could kind of retcon that over but. yeah unless it's some sort of sideways parallel universe yeah or, exactly. you know that yeah I, but so so the egon issue well let's let's come back to that because that we'll think come that, back that deserves its I didn't own little to, segment I, yeah there. i didn't want to derail us because there is yeah. a lot to talk about it. um so so moving forward just with the empire stuff real quick here so the the biggest revelation that came from this is uh ivan flat out saying that ecto force is on hold um and this is yep. We we sort of assumed this, and we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, that with the animated movie, with the announcement that he made that there was going to be a movie to coincide in 2019 with the 35th anniversary, um, we, we had our suspicions that Ecto-Force was kind of taking a backseat to other plans here. So um, here's here's what he says about Ecto-Force and, and how they're moving forward with the franchise itself. Yeah, and just go back to Ghostbusters. I, I saw that um, recently the, the animated TV series was announced. Um, yeah, we put it on a hold. Um, we got a lot of inquiries and interest from uh, different uh, television networks to put it on, and then at the last second we decided to hold on the deal and really focus on the new Ghostbusters animated feature mm. and sort of have that kick off the world and. I think it's because I knew the animated feature was going to bring, was going to at least go a long way to get back the classical story that we had originally started, and uh, I wanted that to come first. And does having animated series and, and comic books and all this, does it allow you to go wilder with your storylines, to, well, to come up with cra- yes, crazier stuff? Well, it, it gives you, it allows you to sort of uh, look into a much broader kind of thing. You know, the pressure on a live-action um, comedy feature right now and the cost that's involved is, is just too much, and, it, and you're always second-guessing yourself. That's what's great about, you know, the IDF, uh, ID, IDW, um, you know, uh, comic books. You really can try some stuff. Because I know I'm, I know Dan uh, Aykroyd um, tends to dream big. I'm, yes. I'm a Ghostbusters two fan, and uh, I know that his original story for that was involved Scotland and this crazy tube that people travel in for three days, and fairies and elves and all kinds of stuff. Like yeah, and I mean, he, I think he's a genius who's got this really broad range of things that he can do, and and part of the balance between Dan and Harold Ramis and myself allowed for the movie that we have to come out yeah all right so this this is also interesting again uh we do know that ivan chooses his words very carefully for the most part so um just sort of dissecting what he said here they had a lot of interest from television networks we did find out i think it was like in a licensing trade magazine or something that at one point netflix was interested in uh, Ecto Force, and it sounded like that was the direction they're moving in, but they decided to put that on hold because of the animated feature. Um, so, the words that he says here about it sort of bringing back the classical story that they originally started, and he wants that to come first. Um, I don't know how that happens when it's from the ghost point of view. That's that's the really tricky. Like, I'm wondering now if they've. Again, I don't. Are they having a change of heart? Are they going back and being like, "Why is this going to be from a ghost's point of view?" Let's talk about this. Maybe this should be something else. Maybe this should be the molding of the two universes, where Egon gets to have his send off, where 
Uh, we can do some parallel dimension stuff where we can just hire Kate McKinnon, Melissa McCarthy, and uh, you know maybe we get Bill Murray in an ADR booth for a day, and we get everybody to rock out their dialogue, and we're done. Maybe they're sort of seeing that as the easy, well, not the easy, but the most logical way for them to do this sort of like crossing this bridge building uh, uh, saga that's going to help sort of tie the two universes together. I don't know. It's it's weird because why wouldn't he just say, well, we got this animated movie and it's going to be from a ghost point of view, but maybe that's somehow how things bridge together. Do we see a ghost travel from one to the other and he or she brings them together? I don't that just that just popped in my head. I wonder if that might be it. Like what if one of the ghosts is someone we know? <laughs> Which yeah. I do remember yeah, I now I recall I think that's where I pulled it from. It was your brilliant idea two weeks ago where, you know, maybe it's a ghostbuster who crosses over and winds up in alternate New York City and oh my god, there's ghostbusters here too. What do I do? Um Yeah. I frankly <laughs> I think at the end of the day, no matter how this shakes out, there's always going to be a little weird license where you're just going to have to let go of little bits of logic that may not make sense. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. Frankly. And this this is a definite... Well, God, if you thought trying to figure out how they're going to bring the two universes together was rife for speculation and hyperbole. This is... Well, yeah. This is... We this, could, we this could is, do this for hours on end, this, I'm sure. This, this is um, almost worse. <laughs> and every time they give us like a strange little crumb, you try to, we try to cram it in and hope we end up with cake at the end. Here's another crumb. <laughs> uh, it's a bun cake. Oh, please. We just want the entire <laughs> slice. Oh, I see. It's cookie puss. <laughs> it all makes sense now. The cake is complete. The cake is a lie. Don't you understand? <laughs> the cake is a lie. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. I think the problem is if they're sort of flip-flopping on the concept for the animated movie, if they're still trying to figure that out, they are running out of time knowing that an animated movie takes a year and a half to two years to produce. So uh, if, if it's going to happen, they've got to figure out what it's going to be, and they have to figure it out soon. I, if if Ghost Core is listening to this, uh, I uh, I'm sure we're just preaching to the choir. They know that time is of the essence, and they've got to get started on it if they haven't already. So, um, so it'll be interesting. I'm sure they are really parsing stuff out. Like you said, we're getting these crumbs, um, and and when they do have something concrete, I'm sure that we will know about it. You know, we'll see a a poster or a teaser or something that will sort of point us in the right direction but uh they're just gonna spend all next year driving us nuts let's be honest <laughs> yeah comic-con next year they're gonna get up there and say we got something we're not telling you what it is see you in 2019 bye <laughs> um so yeah so all right i i, I was pushing it but i i do want to talk about it the the harold ramus comment that he also made that it didn't come up in the the empire podcast because i didn't think like you and I kind of dismissed it too. Like, Oh, I think Ivan was just saying we're exploring it. And then little did you and I know that a week later it would blow up into like the story of the internet of the day. Once again, that, you know, uh, uh, Ghostbusters producer, director, Ivan Reitman plans to bring back Harold Ramis as a CG character. And everybody goes, what? (laughs) Yeah. That's not quite what he said. Not quite what he said. And also the news outlets know for a fact that, when Rogue One came out, 
everybody what well, was fait accompli it was done by that point but everybody was still kind of trying to talk about the the computer generated yeah. uh characters well and still are with carrie fisher for the next star wars as well so it's still an ongoing conversation well that's the the perfect example it was already done for rogue one so they could debate it but they had to take it it was done this one is still out same with you know the uh carrie fisher in the new one they were like well we'll just do it again and everybody went don't you dare so it feels like this time everybody's trying to weigh in (sighs) in the hopes of like you know shuffling the pieces around forgetting that the only the only real debate here is whether it makes sense and whether you've done it too much or too little. Right. Rogue One yeah. Tarkin needed a he needed a lot of him and it didn't work quite perfect. Rogue One uh Princess Leia, not a lot of her. So upon repeat, repeat viewing, not great, but for that one you're like, "Well, oh, okay. Okay, yeah, it's one cool. shot." Yeah, exactly, but I So, I think yeah. Uh, no, I was, I was just going to say that, uh, God, they even went to so much trouble as to, to bug his poor daughter about well, the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, that's that's why I bring it up now, and, and that's why it's on the rundown for this week. Uh, I, I was just going to assume, you know, whatever, it was a Q&A where somebody got up and asked, like, have you thought about doing what Rogue One did? And Ivan was like, have we thought about it? Sure. Are we doing it? I don't know. Like, we haven't gotten to that point yet. We're still figuring out the concepts. Um, and in fact, it, I, what I just said is paraphrasing exactly how that went down. Somebody at the Q and a got up and said, have you thought about doing a rogue one digital character to help you figure out things with characters that are not able to be in the movies? And Ivan said, well, sure. We've considered it. And that's basically what happened. And then all of a sudden the internet blows up. The Hollywood reporter goes to Violet Ramis and says, would you care to comment on this? And it's, but he didn't confirm anything. He didn't flat out say, yes, in the next movie, we are doing a CG Harold Ramis character. We are not doing, like, they, there was not that explicit declaration that they were doing this, but yet everybody is asking, like, his daughter to comment on it. And, um, yeah. and, and I thought Violet held, like, she held together pretty well. She handled it very tactfully and she was very measured in her response. But she said, I have her quote here. She said to the Hollywood reporter, it's bizarre personally for me it's hard to imagine that people would accept it but who knows the technology is amazing and i try to think what he would have thought he being her dad if it's great and it works then good and if there's a problem then obviously no so she's she's kind of in a very gentle and nice way telling the hollywood reporter well it's not a story yet guys like i don't what would my dad think about what it hasn't happened yet and if the technology is there and it works fantastic and if it doesn't work and the technology isn't there then i don't think it's gonna work like i'm in the same boat as you guys are um so i don't it it's funny like the people made so many posts so many uh movie blogs decided to comment on it um you know, it was the outrage of the day, or not even of the day, of the hour, because we're at that point where the news cycle, you can have something that you're outraged with at uh, 12 o'clock, and then you'll forget about it, and 1 o'clock, something else is uh, outrage-worthy. But um, I, I just it seemed so bizarre to me, Chris. The, the, the journalism that was done on it, nobody went back to the source, nobody checked out the Q&A, nobody actually looked at Ivan's actual comments. It just sort of became something that was reported upon based upon the clickbait headline, based upon, uh, you know, even even the Hollywood Reporter was kind of guilty of it by going to Violet saying, do you care to comment on something like this? And it's like, well, comment on what, guys? It's, I don't know, it's, 
aggravating. Sorry, I'm venting. It's frustrating. No, I, I'm I'm there with you. It's. Uh, and it's good to talk about if for no other reason than just to you know, to appeal to fans, please, a little common sense. And, you know, everybody's got their opinion about it, but she hit the nail on the head, right? Like, if it works, everybody's will be fine with it. And if it's done wrong, well, yeah, it was well, then done. Let's wrong. talk it's, later. Yeah, it's it is what it is, and I don't know for. I mean, the fact of the matter is, is, you know, to a degree, we never really got to say goodbye to, you know, Harold or Egon, right? His right. passing was kind of, kind of out of the blue. Yeah, very, very unexpected, at least for us. I mean, uh, you know, in His hindsight now, knowing friends, that he was yeah. sick and everybody knew, but uh, we did not. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, rightfully so. They weren't sharing it with us. And it just, you know, kind of, we took it for granted that he'd be there forever and he wasn't. And the same goes for the character, right? Like, you it's hard to imagine that, uh, I mean, Egon as a character, strangely enough, out of all of them, Egon is, like, iconic. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of, you can look to a lot of shows and you can find the charismatic, uh, clever, but not exactly, you know, an academic, slight con man type character, right? And I, I don't know that necessarily Bill Murray you know, was the first one to come up with it, given that they were following in the heels of, you know, the the Hope and Crosby mo- movies, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, or the, you know, the the enthusiastic, uh, you know, heart of the team. And you know, those it was are Egon. Easy. That, yeah. Those, you know, those, those kind of existed before. Egon is the one that stands out as, well, this is different. Um, well, you know, he's he wasn't, the hard, yeah. Sorry, go he ahead. wasn't really a nerd. He wasn't really a soulless scientist. He wasn't a mad scientist. Like he was kind of this new thing. And you know, it's hard to kind of. And I mean, that's kind of why they they did the answer the call without the original team. Like, because one of the biggest stumbling blocks is, well, how do we do a movie when he's not there? Right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, some people were okay with the answer and some weren't. But I, I, I think if they find a way to even just kind of recall him more than just, you know, a statue and a background shot sort of thing, I'd like I'd like to see the Egon character. Even, even if they do have to resort to this technology, I'd like to see the Egon character get one more shot in at, at busting ghosts. Yeah. And, and as you insinuated toward earlier, like if you see him in a flashback or you see him in a situation where he's holding a portal open, or if it's already huge, a big CGI uh, sequence in the first place, there's a good chance, even if he was a practical actor, he'd be replaced with a digital double anyway. You know, they'd be, uh, look, look at, uh, yeah. Iron Man, Spider-Man, all of these films where they do the 3d scans of the actors. And that's what they use for a lot of the, the big effects, uh, shots. So, uh, it's, yeah. it's possible. I mean, and, and, and it's easier to minimize the, you know, that it's easier to hide that uncanny Valley effect when there's a lot of stuff going right. on around it, flashes of light and wind and smoke or whatever. Uh, whereas, you know, in Rogue One, it was like, <laughs> like for a while, I, I thought they were just going to leave it with Princess Leia's back. And I was like, tied it up nice. Oh, okay. Oh, you had her turn right. around. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. You <laughs> right see, there. You see Tarkin Fluorescent in the light, mess eh? hall eating uh, waffles and you're like, Tarkin <laughs> wouldn't eat waffles like that? Come on. Just, and you're just going to have a bump on it. five minute argument under some fluorescent lights, are you? <laughs> All righty. Well, 
that's not you know, how it's a decision. Work. So yeah. So at any rate, so I I, I just. I don't know. It's a non-issue. You it's, summed it up best. Yeah, it's, it's a, a nothing. It's a right non-issue, now. and then I start to get frustrated. I mean, I understand it. You know, we are a podcast that we try to fill content uh, once a week, and we find something to talk about. And uh, and and I get it. There are these places, these the blogs that have their quotas. They're trying to get their articles out there, and it is something that's going to be of interest to people. And but you know, at the same time, have some integrity, guys. Look at look at the actual quote, and then before you approach the family about stuff like come on you're the hollywood reporter you're you used to be one of the big top two trades here in hollywood and you're not even following up on stuff before you start asking family members to comment on them so anyway it's well just, to be fair the hollywood reporter has kind of been showing its colors the last couple of years because they had a real uh a, a real putting on the uh brass knuckles for when it came to the 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 new ghostbusters movie oh that. yeah so yeah that's true yeah. this feels like it's kind of continuing in that vein they're like oh more drama in ghostbusters <laughs> land here we go so, so uh, i don't know i think that that little bit of credibility of, of being the hollywood reporter has kind of been washed away the last few years in yeah. a number of ways in a few ways but uh so at any rate so we'll we'll come back to that when it is something to chat about uh when we actually have something concrete then uh, you know, maybe we'll get Violet on the show to talk about something that's not speculative because that would be a lot of fun. But um, let's talk about, okay, so Ghostbusters 101 number five hit last week. And again, uh-huh. if we would have recorded last week, we would have probably talked about it uh, more more in depth. But a, a great issue as always. Um, I can really tell that, you know, Eric and Dan and Tom and Louie and everybody, they're just having really fun with this issue. Um, and I'm actually really sad that it's coming to a close now because next number six is it like that's the end and i feel like it's just getting started like especially uh, issue five like everything's firing on all cylinders we see how the dynamics between the teams are going to be working we sort of see how people react to holtzman now um there's a a really great joke in there i don't want to spoil it we'll talk in broad terms but uh you know a really great joke in there about her hyperactivity and and that sort of is an ongoing thread throughout this issue um but yeah, I mean, pick it up and and if you haven't read it already, uh, you know, give give it give it a real good read because uh, I, I've seen a lot of people, even even some of the more negative uh, vocal people that, about the movie have, I don't know, like they've kind of been clued into this that they they really enjoy the one hundred and one series and they're actually yeah they're finding that they like the characters, they're finding that they like how they integrate into this Ghostbusters universe, which is uh, very refreshing. It's very. I think it's a testament to what these guys are doing over at IDW. Uh, have Have you read it yeah. yet, Chris? You've been on vacation, I have. so I read it. Uh, broad, broad, uh, thirty thousand foot view uh, thoughts. What What did you think of issue five? Uh, I liked it very, very much, and uh, I get the impression now that since it's ending next time, there's no big bad. This is. The, the antagonist uh, of this entire series is just dimensional issues. <laughs> like, is really what it seems to come down to, which is fine. <laughs> and actually, it's kind of refreshing, like, because, you know, it's uh, up till now, it's always been set it up, problem with the ghost, set it up, yeah. problem with the ghost, set it up, problem with the ghost. Um, or for the much larger arcs early on, it was set it up and it's leading to, you know, gozer and gozer adjacent demons and all this sort of thing so it's kind of nice that they have this this time where we're going to look at two different teams and how they interact and it's just almost purely a a character thing and 
everything else is just deus ex machina to bring them yeah. together there is the thing they're going to solve is stabilizing the universes or whatever it turns out to be uh which then just kind of you know sets it up for down the line you know? yeah exactly they're setting up the next couple series uh and and yeah. that was that was michael tanaka's thoughts too after two episodes ago you know he wrote out to us because we talked about there not being a big bad because of we're in issue five uh, yeah. unless they're going to wrap this up pretty fast. We, we got to get going. And he said that, you know, he didn't think there was going to be a main villain in this miniseries. Um, but, uh, well, I mean, how do you do it? We're like, we should have seen hint, at least nodding hints to it in the first couple of episodes, just, just to lay some sort of foundation. Um, and by now we should have seen what it is so that in the Latin, the next one, they can knock it all down. Yeah. And really when you look at it that way, that all did happen. It just, it wasn't, it wasn't a demon or a ghost. It was the dimensional issues. Yeah. yeah. Little, well, little hints, big and, cascading problem. I mean, that, <clears throat> yeah. that was, that was Michael's big, um, and again, I'm trying not to speak in spoiler terminology, but we do know that the universes are combined and there is that yellow ghost that is between the two of them. Uh, Michael was saying uh, he thinks that there was a hint in, in one of the early issues, uh, I think it was issue two, um, where there's a ghost now that now has figured out because of that yellow ghost that's sort of straddling between, that's keeping the door open and causing all this havoc between the two uh, universes. Um, like Michael's speculation is that imagine if a ghost now knows how it can duplicate itself across multiple universes at the same time. So what if oh. a, a Gozer or a Tiamat or somebody is able to manifest themselves, not just in, in this universe, this physical plane of existence, but every physical plane of existence. And I was like, Oh dude, again, Michael, that's why you're on the cover of these issues, buddy. That's, <laughs> That's such an awesome idea. Yeah. Well, maybe they'll spend the the next series of little series setting all that up. Back yeah. with the turtles. Back with the answer to the call team. I guess that that makes Whatever's a whole lot of sense. That. We've got three different universes uh, with with three different stories happening. But uh, so so at any rate, yeah. So uh, check out issue five. Um, it's uh, it's it's awesome. Like, and, and if you haven't picked up the individual floppies on this one, uh, I do know that 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 trade comes out in, I want to say September, October. Again, it's like a busy October. I know we've got the, the hardcover, the interdimensional cross rip, haha, hardcover, uh, yeah. coming out in that's in September. And I want to say that the answer, the call trade is also in September, but, uh, some, somebody will, somebody, and I know it's Michael will cor- correct us after, uh, after we record this, but, uh, so, okay. One other, th- another big thing that we weren't able to talk about last week, uh, diamond select toys, uh, has confirmed and they did so kind of under the radar because they did it in their comment section on Facebook and then later clarified on Twitter, uh, that the remainder of the second series, I guess we can call these that are going to form the, the firehouse diorama. Uh, this is the, the action figure set in their six inch, seven inch scale, uh, that includes the Ghostbusters 2 figures that we saw at the San Diego Comic-Con. Yes, they will include real Ghostbusters figures. And we know that in two waves, it'll be waves 9 and 10, there's going to be three figures each in those two waves that are real Ghostbusters themed. So that now begs the question, what figures 
will they be? My, I'm thinking the four Ghostbusters, obviously. Yep. And then Janine and Slimer. Maybe. Hmm, maybe somebody said Slimer Sam is a good Hain. bed. Yeah. Oh boy, it does beg a lot of questions. I mean, Sam Hain is other than maybe what Boogeyman, but Sandman. Yeah, Boogeyman, Sandman would be good. They're but Slimer's big. more recognizable too. Like if it's sitting on a Toys R Us shelf. Yeah. But then again, they're doing Janosch, so you know it could be uh, something that's a little more recognizable to fans. It could be, although the other thing to keep in mind is that the playset, it makes sense that they're doing this now too, because the the build-a-set is for the Fire Hall, which is, you know, kind of independent of either the first series, you know, from the movie, the first movie, the Ghostbusters 2 in the second series, or the real Ghostbusters in the second series. Um, So do you then stick to stuff that, kind of makes sense there i mean i guess yanos and vigo not so much but if you're limited to just a handful for the real ghostbusters definitely the four guys and then yeah it could be a janine janine yeah. didn't get a lot of secretarial uh janine love in the action figure form they did her once and it was one of the scare ones wasn't it where you yeah there was like the yeah it was one of the fright feature ones Otherwise, I mean, she was in Ghostbuster gear. Yeah, she was. All, she was in like the pink uh, jumpsuit and uh, like the slimed, the one that you sprayed water on and you got slime on it. But yeah, yeah that, that's why I thought Janine. But now that I think about it, like, what if they did it like the Kenner line, where you have the four guys and they each come with a ghost? So Vankman ends up coming with Slimer. So oh. then you could do you could do two other human characters, but then I was trying to figure out who would the other human characters be in real Ghostbusters. Uh, Harvey. Uh, oh my God! Speaking of brain fart, what's the detective <laughs> Harvey? No, that's Batman. Harvey Bullock is the detective in Batman, detective who looks exactly Batman. like the guy in real Ghostbusters. That's a little too obscure, I think. Yeah. Uh, maybe Lewis. Maybe. And maybe Lewis and Janine. And Janine. And then it begs the question, you know, it's got to be angular glasses, like early Janine, I'm pretty right. sure. Oh, At yeah, which point, it's be why that. is Lewis there? Because that was, you know, Ghostbusters 2, uh, rounded glasses. And yeah, Bob and that was Haircut much later in, this, in the series. <sighs> Boy, well... They did say ghosts, though. Well, yeah, but if you're packing them in with the guys. Well, that's what, yeah, they did say that there would be ghosts included. <clears> hmm. <throat> and if you're going to go retro and you're going to make them like the real Ghostbusters, I mean, they they specifically said they will not be modeled off after the Kenner series, and I know that that's illegal. They can't say that they were modeling it after the Kenner series, so... Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe it is although, too big of although, a... what? how do you... What are you doing then? Because the Kenner ones were almost exactly like you see on the screen. Right. Meaning, so you just make them look like on the screen. You pretty much model them the there same as the, the Kenner, Kenner ones. Yeah. Um, ah, God, I don't know. Slimer. I don't know. Maybe it'll be Professor Dweeb and his dog. What's and the her name? dog. Yeah, the poodle. Um, <laughs> oh, man. I... I no no offense to our Slimer and the Real Ghostbusters fans that are out there listening, but I hope it's not any of the Slimer and the Real Ghostbusters characters. Like, you uh, never know. What, what was uh, his voice? 
You were close. I was close. Uh, what was and her then, name? Penelope, something like that. Oh God! And then wasn't it? Uh, uh, who was it? Was Summer Cree? Some somebody was the ice cream truck uh, driver. Yeah. I haven't watched the Slimer episodes in a really long time. It's been and a really there long was, time. Uh, what's his name? Uh, the pizza guy, Luigi. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, his uh, name was Luigi. Obviously, his name was Luigi. Oh, boy. Uh, always reminds me of uh, Tony. What's his name? Uh, late series SCTV. Uh, can't remember his name right now. Damn. Uh, always kind of that that cartoon character always looked like he got his own cartoon show. <laughs> That's uh, possible. That's where they drove it from. But so uh, uh, hit hit us up. Who do, who do you guys think that yeah. these six figures are going to be? Because I've seen I've seen people on GB fans talking about it, and and especially on the Facebook pages. Uh, a lot of speculation as to who they will be. So hit hit us up. We want to know what you guys think that those six uh, figures are going to be. Because um, we now, at least we know what the uh, Ghostbusters 2 figures are going to be. And That's right. where do we go from there? That's the question. So uh, hit us up. Let us know. Uh, leave us voicemails. Send us tweets. Uh, all, all of the above. Um, so let's see. We've got two... Three. Oh, well, the last thing on the rundown I really want to talk about. So, okay, so let's let's uh, bounce through a few of these. Uh, Bobby's Toy Chest, they've got a mystery can of film for real Ghostbusters that they're touting. Uh, about the time that we record this is probably when they're going to reveal what's on there, so we won't spend too much time speculating what's on there, but they've got a can of 16mm film uh, that says it's an SPB wind uh, reel, which... That's just for the pro- uh, the projectionist. Uh, B wind means that the sprockets are on the right side, so it's like A wind. Nah, I won't get into it. Anyway, uh, proje- <laughs> projectionist nerd. Um, but uh, so it, it's uh, the only identifiers on it. It's uh, got a date of nine four eighty six, and then a number of one fifty four plus o three. Um, so given the date of September of eighty six, probably about the time that the show was ready to air or had started airing. And then the O three, I think, Chris, you said you thought that might mean that it's like the third episode or the second, like. Well, that's a real long stretch because they have their own uh, uh, production codes yeah. for them that they would have been using by then. So. Exactly. As you listen to episode three thirty of the cross rip, and you're like, you've had three hundred and thirty episodes. Of- well, no, no, that's our production number, but don't don't sweat it. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's we'll know soon. Uh, they did say that they're going to digitize it. They're going to do a little telescene and put it up for people to watch. But yeah, they did uh, give a little hint because um, I commented on it when I was trying to guess. Uh, you know, based by the the stuff that was marked on it, um, and the uh, they did reply. They said, "I'll give you a hint. It's something we've seen, but this will be much better quality." Oh. I mean, that's pretty broad. Um, well, I mean, that also, because when you see when you see people that have the animation cells and they've got these great scans of them and then they're like, can somebody help me identify this from what episode? And then somebody will send them a screen grab from the DVDs and it's fourth generation. They filmed this cell and then it went on to a three-quarter inch tape and then it went to broadcast and then whatever, like however that quality has degraded, especially if you watch it on Netflix, like the, the yeah. quality of the animation is not good. Um, so maybe you know, this is actually a print. Like maybe this is the actual like positive from a negative print from them filming an, an animation episode. See, I'm not an expert at these things, but I kind of 
you know, plugged in some of the stuff that was marked on it. And I got the impression that, yeah, this was a print that hadn't, like this was a, an original print rather than, you know, however they they printed it over for its use later yeah. on. I don't know. Um, I mean, that, that, w- that would make sense if it was like an internal thing for Deke or Kenner or one of, one of the corporations that was involved with real Ghostbusters. That would be my guess because... You know, back back in the day when there wasn't uh, Vimeo, Pix, YouTube, uh, QuickTimes that are H.264s that you can download at the speed of light, you know, people, they'd have internal screenings for all of the executives in the suits in a screening room where they would string film up onto the projector and you would watch it. So, hey, we're going to watch the next episode of Cheers. Here's the film print of it, you know, before they were putting it onto three quarter inch tapes. Yeah, I know how uh, weird, eh? If they were I, shooting on film, yeah. When they when they dropped the hint, I kind of got excited. I was wondering if maybe it was the uh, the sales promo. Oh, sort of like the extended opening where they were still in the the oh, God. beige uniforms. Yes, but the date is weird. Like, why would that be dated? Mm. You know, a couple of months before it actually goes to air because that thing was made to take to trade shows and all right. You know what I mean? So, but at the same time, did they run that on television prior to the, uh, I think, I I think they did. Didn't they do like a Saturday morning, like preview show that they, preview thing? because that's one of the versions I've seen is like a VHS tape that somebody recorded off of one of those preview shows. Yeah. So that, that could be it where that is the print that they would use for that preview thing. And two months in advance mm. puts it just about perfect, right? Here's the preview of what's coming. and Yeah. Oh, well, I don't know. At any rate, we'll, we'll probably know so we can talk about it next week uh, on the show. But uh, hat, hat tip to uh, it was Bobby's toy chest who was the finder of this. Yes. So that's When, why they, I'm when they share it with the world, they need to tell us where the hell they found it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I must exactly. know more. Exactly. Uh, let's see. Really quick news item. Uh, Rick and Morty's back on Cartoon Network. They got their Szechuan dipping sauce uh, in the mail uh, to celebrate. Um, but uh, for us Ghostbusters fans, we were pretty stoked because they've been doing these uh, non-canonical, uh, canonical, sorry, adventures um, where they're like interstitials that they air before and after the commercials uh, with Rick and Morty characters. And there's uh, a really great one with Rick and Morty that kind of recreates the Sedgwick hallway scene between Peter and, and uh, Slimer. So if you haven't seen that, uh, go check that out, especially if you are a Rick and Morty fan, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, oh my God. I really want to talk. Okay. So, one of the San Diego Comic-Con things. <laughs> you write the rundown, and every single time, it's like it's a surprise to you, where well, you're like, ah, we're done. Oh, wait, no, I wrote yeah, four more things. Like, oh, my God, we're at an hour, but <laughs> this is something that we didn't talk about two weeks ago, and, and I, I don't want to put it off again. But No, okay. Uh, so Ivan made a comment at the uh, panel at Comic-Con uh, that he does not consider Ghostbusters the video game Ghostbusters 3. So we've we've heard from several other people, Dan Aykroyd included, that he considers the video game the official Ghostbusters three taking place in nineteen ninety two. Interesting that he says differently. Why do you think it's because he doesn't want to be beholden to that canon? Maybe that's that was a strange comment to me. Well, 
Okay, there's a couple of things to remember. Dan started calling it Ghostbusters 3 because at the time, it didn't look like we were going to get a Ghostbusters 3. Right. So he was basically, because he even said, this is as good as we're going to get. Yeah, and and we know for a fact that some of uh, Ackroyd's Hellbent stuff wound up in the video game itself. Like the that whole level where you're in the netherworld and you're jumping from the like floating platforms to floating platforms. Like that whole thing was pulled straight out of Hellbent, Right. So, yeah, it, and it, it was him and Harold doing some amount of punch up to the gentleman who wrote it, uh, at, uh, at, uh, at the dev terminal, company. terminal, terminal velocity, terminal engine, terminal, <laughs> The Terminal starring Tom Hanks. <laughs> terminal reality. Sure. Terminal that reality. Yeah. That sounds right. Um, so, and that makes sense too because Dan is always the cheerleader, you know, of when new stuff comes along. Embrace it. It is It is part of the thing. Whereas Ivan never really talked much about any of this stuff and I don't think he was that involved other than, you know, by contractual obligation uh, they had to stamp his name on it there somewhere um as a executive producer so i don't know i think your your first instinct is correct that this is is about things are now rolling forward and let's not try and hold on to a, a video game worth of content i mean hell when you think about it too the because remember we talked about the people who pulled all the uh the movie bits in and uh if if you cut it all together it was like three hours yeah <laughs> oh yeah stuff. it's like, it's pretty lengthy and it's still uh, fun to go back and watch i mean the game is fun to go back and replay but even just watching those cutscenes put together yeah uh, i like it i enjoy it so it might also be an indicator that he's not just when he says he's got a plan for bringing the two universes together it's not a it's not a pie in the sky. We'll figure it out, but we're going to bring them together. He's they they've already got they've some got sort it. Of, yeah, some rough idea at least in place, and the movie just gets in the way, or not the movie, mm, the, the video, video game, game just gets in the way. I mean, I can I see know. that because they established a few things in the the video game. Dana Barrett is obviously noticeably missing, um, and there's the new love interest for Peter and. Uh, Gozer becomes a traveling uh, museum exhibit and, and things like that that maybe he just doesn't maybe it's a little too convenient or he doesn't want to head down that path but um, yeah it's interesting At, and again he was put on the spot this happened during the Q&A of the, the panel so uh, he, may not, he may not have been prepared for that um, but <laughs> it also does need to be said that Ivan Reitman is is the uh Clint Eastwood on the porch uh, of <laughs> Ghostbusters fandom. It may just be that he has no interest or care in it. And if somebody yeah. said, is it canon? And he goes, no. I don't get off my lawn. I don't <laughs> get care. Get off my lawn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, don't touch that's my quite car. true as well. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so at any rate, uh, uh, that was very interesting. Uh, pretty, pretty noteworthy. Um, okay. And then here's, here's the other one that, that I've, this has been like the, I'm going to wait and talk to Chris until the very last thing on the rundown about this, because I have a feeling this will be an interesting discussion. Um, but so did you see the article about the Ghostbuster screening at the cemetery 
that has been causing quite the stir in Wisconsin, <laughs> which again, yeah, I, speaking I, I of did. the news cycle, like, come on. That's yeah, that's a, I'm pretty sure there's some serious things going on in the world. Like <laughs> I seem to recall that came out the same week that North Korea managed to get an intercontinental ballistic uh, missile yeah. off the launch pad. Good chance uh, that you could target Denver or <laughs> Chicago, but hey, let's talk about how a movie screening on a cemetery ground is going to affect. I think even a cursory article saying, can we talk about what intercontinental means in ICBM? <laughs> Do you want to know what the B stands for? <laughs> do you want me to explain to you how do that works? Do you want works? to know what ballistics are? <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, um, yeah, I, I mean, it's, again, it's like <coughs> making a mountain out of a molehill here. But so if you haven't seen it, there are people in Wisconsin that are upset that there is a screening of Ghostbusters happening outdoors on the grounds of a cemetery. I mean, here in L.A., that's that's like every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday because we have the Hollywood Forever Cemetery where a lot of the celebrities are buried, where they do screenings twice three times a week i've seen back to the future there i've seen the shining there they they do it it's it's a very common thing very fun event uh they're always very respectful of the plots where folks are buried and you know you don't you don't walk over graves and you're very like everything is very respectful but at the same time yes there's a big uh area like an open usually by the mausoleum and usually they project the movie onto the side of the mausoleum um, and everybody rolls out their blankets and you watch a movie in the cemetery. I mean, I, I don't, I did not think that this was an outrage inducing thing until this article hit. And then because it's Ghostbusters, then, you know, our, our notifications, our Google alerts went crazy. Um, I don't, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, I, I didn't even think that I had to have a stance on screenings in cemeteries. I thought it was, you know, people go have picnics there. We, go and we visit some of our deceased loved ones and there's always people there eating buckets of chicken and sitting in lawn chairs and hanging out, you know, uh, what's, what's the difference? Why, why not I don't go see a movie? I don't understand. Well, the stuff you've described is not people necessarily picnicking. It is people that are there to, to connect well, with, yeah, with but the you're, people you're who are there buried there. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, is that, it can be both. Like it can make perfect sense for uh, the the one in Hollywood and 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 not work for the one in Wisconsin. Uh, I don't know much about the the cemetery in Wisconsin. Um, if hell, when I get right down to it, I don't know a heck of a lot about the uh, the one in Hollywood either. But that one's not really an active one anymore like i don't think people are being buried there anymore is that correct there there are yeah at the at the hollywood forever cemetery there there are but i mean it's not again it's like james dean i think is buried there uh marilyn monroe is but like it's that kind of place but you're you're right but at the same time like the forest lawn cemetery here has a museum where i went and i saw a wonderful drew struzan uh, exhibit you know because they have on the grounds because it is this is Los Angeles. It's nothing but sprawl. There is no open space anywhere. But then when you get to the Forest Lawn Cemetery, it's the only open space in East Los Angeles. So, yeah. Like, so there's kind of a, I mean, so for example, as you said, it's filled with a lot of, of stars. Uh, that is the industry of the town. It's, I still, I, like I said, I it may still be active. I don't, I don't think it's necessarily as active as, you know, um, 
it may have been in the past and the way the one in Wisconsin may be sort of thing. So I think they are able to put together and do a, it's kind of a connecting with the history. It is a way to yeah. connect with and, and kind of abstracted like, uh, uh, the people that are buried there are icons and stars. I mean, yes, they were people's loved ones and all that sort of thing, but they, they did transcend to kind of a pop culture, historical level and most of the people in LA not all of them from LA so there's this kind of this you know kind of relational disconnect if that makes any mm, sense yeah. that's kind of a novelty uh, too yeah it, yeah Dana Gould uh, pointed out at once he was he was a big he likes going to the see the movies there and he was gonna go see one and, and you know he invited a friend along and the friend uh, politely declined saying not nah, that you know that's okay i have some friends buried there like there the, mm. you know so he yeah. you know being you know uh, he's a bit older than than i am sort of thing but you know close you know generationally uh, relatively close whereas you know you talk to some of the older people i guarantee you if you talk to some of the old uh hollywood that's still there they may or may not you know, and even that one person was not like, oh, that's a, a travesty and they should not be doing it. Because, again, it's a it's a city built on making movies and sharing movies sort of sure. thing. So well, in a yeah, weird true. way, showing movies at the Hollywood Cemetery makes sense. I, I don't know if it's right or wrong in Wisconsin. I think basically every, you know, every town has to kind of, kind of, you know, the te- the, the, the people of Wisconsin are not. The people of LA. Uh, yeah. It is not a movie making town. I I know it got built up because it was like, they showed Ghostbusters. That's the easy connection. But again, if any of that other stuff uh, wasn't an issue as well, I don't think it would have it would have popped up this way. Yeah. I, I have a sneaking suspicion that. You know, wherever this is at, it's still, you know, people are kind of like, but I just, you know, I buried my loved one there yeah. you know, two years ago. What are what are we doing? Why um, are we watching movies? And I, I get that. I mean, I understand, like, and I, one of the one of the arguments I saw was, you know, at the Veterans Memorial, uh, you would not want people showing uh, Independence Day or, you know, some, like some big goofy science fiction movie where this is hollowed and sacred ground and... And I, and I I understand that I get that it's you you may have hit accidentally hit the nail on the head with the word sacred because then sacred means different things yeah so it, so in in you know in L A the movies that people put their their time and energy and life into that has a certain certain sacredness you know what I mean yeah. in, in, in an yeah. industry town whereas in Wisconsin that's that's not what it's about right that's that's where grandpa's buried and yeah I mean that's I I, I understand that I mean and, and it's probably also reflexive on my personal spiritual beliefs where I'm like you know they're not there anymore like my my grand my, my grandpa is at a cemetery here in Los Angeles but he's not he's not there anymore yeah. that's not him so I I, I wonder uh, if Ghostbusters hadn't played if there still wouldn't have been a complaint, but it would not have blown up to a national news item too. Yeah. Like I said, I have a sneaking suspicion that if Ghostbusters hadn't been there, the argument still would have been made locally. It would have still been a debate locally that no, let's not watch Toy Story <laughs> three at the, the Wizard Cemetery. Of Oz or, yeah. Cause that seems really, you know, it's not terribly reverential. 
it's just that since it happened to be Ghostbusters, uh, which let's be honest is pretty. In terms of as ghost movies go, it's kind of removed itself pretty heavily from even like like you and I have even tried to discuss what's the logic of a world where the librarian <laughs> still hangs around, but the rest of the ghosts are mm. extra dimensional monsters. How yeah, does this that work? Doesn't, like if it was Beetlejuice <laughs> and it's something about the recently deceased. Okay, um, but but yeah. again, uh, hypocrite that I am, I've seen Beetlejuice at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. So like it's so. Not, I, you know, I see both, I I see both sides of this, but I think ultimately what it comes down to is we don't have a say (laughs) it's, yeah, (laughs) I'm not sure why it became national news. And as usual, I know the internet decided to weigh in on it, but frankly, it's their community. It's their cemetery. They'll have, they'll have to work it out. Really? Yeah. I, I know obviously one group has decided that this you know, make sense to them. And I, they're definitely not doing it to be jerks about it. Uh, and the, another group, you know, doesn't see it that way. And they're yeah. just all going to have to put their heads together and figure it out. I, I guess I, I just, I, I genuinely, I, I really hope I, 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 and maybe this is me being super cynical, but I just hope that it's more than just like one or two people though i like i hope that it's not just like one person who objects or two people yeah. that object like but that you and i both we have mentioned twice now in this one episode uh, this one episode about how the press likes to take a small item and conflate it to the point where it's yeah. you know it's it's it, they've made a mountain out of the molehill this yeah you you I, I i'm with you i hope so too but we both know in reality this could be the third you know molehill that got turned into you know yeah. the rocky range um <laughs> so seems seems to be the running trend with ghostbusters lately which is frankly Ooh. exhausting but at the same point <laughs> you know it gives us stuff to talk about so uh, yes I wish there were other things to talk about about Ghostbusters, but yeah, if that's all we got. <laughs> stay stay tuned. 2019, I bet, I bet we will. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go, 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 go stoppers. stoppers. I'm sorry, we'll do it again. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our calling line at 470-242-4742. That's 4702-GBHQIC. We also have a Facebook page. And Twitter accounts. Friends is dead. No kidding. Just give me the address. Search Facebook for the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. I just want to get back close again. What the hell are you doing? If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Once again, our call in line is 4702 GBHQIC. That'll do it. Thanks very much, Ray. All right, not not bad, Chris. Not bad. We are we're uh, over the hour and ten mark here. Uh, Somewhere <laughs> over the hour. You mentioned Wizard of Oz. It's and your fault. And there it was. There it was. Now the one thing well, that we did yeah. not get to on the rundown, and it was something that we did talk about two weeks ago. Uh, mm-hmm. So I feel like we've covered it. Those Spirit Halloween packs. Those are super cool. Mm-hmm. If you oh, did yeah. pre-order one, you're SOL for the time being. No. They got some more back up. Oh, really? Okay, so you can pre-order again? 
but I didn't have a chance to go see if those sold out. So oh. I mean, quite literally, when they put these things up on the Spirit Store, it was the same day they were sold out and gone. But yeah, about, about fifteen minutes seems to be about what it took. Yeah, it was kind of insane. Um, uh, but that's cool. I mean, that's great. I mean, good good for a costume replica of a Proton Pack uh, being the Nintendo classic that sells out in 15 minutes when it goes online. And and I know that there have been a lot of criticisms. You know, the thrower is not scaled correctly. It's too small. The sound is not accurate. The speaker is, like, right in the middle of the cyclotron. But it's, it's like, 69 It's $70. It's, it's, yeah, it is what it is. I think it got worked out that it's... Uh, a minimum of 80% scale to to what is common wisdom, a full-size pack. Uh, and a couple of people pointed out that they feel it's even higher than that. And if you got it and took the, the cheapo uh, school backpack uh, straps off of it and mounted it onto an Alice frame, it would be pretty darn close. It's pretty close, yeah. And that's Again, we, we, we Ghostbusters fans, we're a very resourceful bunch. And uh, I have heard a few very wise people say, you don't like the Clifford valve? Replace it. Replace it. You don't uh, like the speaker there? <laughs> Fill it in with putty and paint over it. Like, we, this yeah. is what we do. I like the people who are complaining, the thrower's on wrong. I'm like, it's being held on with a peg. Let's then be honest put here. put it on another way. Put, yeah, put a you, V-hook on there if you want and put it on the correct way. Let's you know? be honest. If anybody even cared at that photo shoot to say, you know, it should be pointing down, I guarantee you the photographer said, now the cord's all in a weird twist. Yeah, I'd rather have I it the I don't like way. the look of it. Yeah. Do it the other way. Uh, and at the end of the day, I... See, this this is actually fills in a nice spot where for people who want a pack, and I'm going to get one for this reason, uh, because sure, I'd like to have a pack. I don't have the time, money, or energy for a full one right now. Maybe I'll get there one day, but hey, presto, uh, I can buy this for 60 bucks. I can mount that on a proper frame. I can uh, then maybe dip my toe into the world of of prop packs and buy one of the kits for a proper thrower. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. Or you could get the Mattel thrower and add it on to it. Like you, this yeah. is, it's a very, the good thing is it's like a good base to start with. If you, you don't have a lot of time, you don't have a lot of resources. Yeah. It's a good way to get started. And for 60 bucks, you could buy oh, two on. and accidentally break one and you're still, you know what I mean? Like, it's not costing you an arm and a leg, so... Well, and, and the price point, somebody else pointed out, I think it was on GB Fans, they, they pointed out, do you remember how much the original Kenner role-playing Proton Pack sold for? Yeah. About the same price. About the same price. <laughs> like, that little half-scale injection-molded blue plastic. The blue plastic that had the little, just like a couple of gears in the middle that when you hit the trigger, it went... You know, like, come on... Yeah. This is this is what we've come to. So, uh, so anyway, I, yeah. Little, as usual, a, a little sprinkling of perspective goes a long way. If you yeah. don't like the sounds and all that, it's like, dude, sixty bucks. Yep. Uh, fix fix it and do it yourself. Uh, if that's, that had that's an extra zero on it, sure. I think there's some room to to gripe about accuracy. At sixty bucks, step away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly. kind of like the people that complained about the inflatable ones. They look like crap. That thing's ten bucks. <laughs> like. And it's inflatable. <laughs> it's inflatable. It's an inflatable Denmark pack. What were you looking for? <laughs> there, there was one Halloween that I walked around and I got one of those. It was a backpack mounted 
like dispenser, like beer dispenser. You know, it had little the thing that like taps onto a keg that you push the button and it pours beer. So I and, walked around. And that's why you, why you're not allowed within 50 yards of schools in this the greater is LA area. This is very true. Uh, but so I'm in my flight suit and I'm wearing this, like, it just looks like a backpack with a little spout, you know, and that's, that was, you know, again, I'm 20, I'm in college, uh, I was the cool guy. Uh, but I had people come up and be like, dude, sweet proton pack. It, it looked nothing like a proton nothing pack. Nothing like it a proton pack. It was quite literally just a black backpack that had a, you know, camelback tank in it. Uh, so yeah. I, I think I've mentioned it time and time again that uh, Todd Whalen had a really spot-on jumpsuit for the longest time and PKE meter, but until he got his pack up and running, he just sort of crammed his uh, gear and extras into one of those school uh, backpacks that uh, that were out there. With the uh, the thrower was the pencil the, bag, like, pencil but, holder. Yeah, yeah. Guess what? That worked too. Works Kids fine. Kids don't care. Works fine. <laughs> anyway, I've said so. this. I've made this argument time and time again. There's a reason why Instagram and Twitter is filled with uh, pictures of uh, those poor souls <laughs> carrying either uh, uh, weed, the leaf uh, anti-weed spray, yeah. or leaf blowers, <laughs> or the the, the back-mounted vacuums, and everybody goes, "Ha ha, Ghostbusters!" Yeah, because <laughs> all it takes is somebody in a jumpsuit with a backpack on. <laughs> And you go Ghostbusters. Yep. So let's not complain too much about what it takes <laughs> to sell yourself as a Ghostbuster. Because it doesn't have the an end filter. Well, <laughs> no, it's a leaf blower. But uh, uh, I, so, oh, yeah. boy, a painting jumpsuit and a a, a a box with the word Proton Pack written <laughs> on it, and you're in the game. Okay, let's be honest here. <laughs> Homemade. It's a uh, couture. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, hey, uh, we've got time for final thoughts. So anyway, anyway. don't dismiss my postmodern ghost. I'm going to do that some year. Postmodern Ghostbusters. <laughs> what are those? Uh, what are those suits called? The ones, the full body suits that cover your head and oh, all that. The, the body the, stockings. Like, yeah, the like, like the those, green uh, suits that the guys yeah, the two wear guys that show up at the hockey effects. game and all yeah. that. Yeah, like so. I want. I'm going to wear that. Uh, I'm going to wear a paper jumpsuit for painting. And the nameplate will read Ghostbuster, and the logo will be just the the the, the circle with the slash. My and proton the, pack is the strife of men. The Get backpack will it. be yeah a box with the words proton pack. I'll be the deconstructed Ghostbuster. That's it. <laughs> That's what I'm doing some year, oh, and it'll man. cost me twenty five bucks, and it'll be brilliant. So <laughs> there. That may have been my last thought. I don't know. Uh, all right. Well, <laughs> I don't have too many. I'm on holidays. I'm like, that's exactly. I'm man. seeing and movies and reading books. To your holiday, yeah. I want to get you back to uh, being disconnected and enjoying uh, a oh, week or two away here. I know what my final thought is. Being disconnected. Uh, as of this recording, yesterday, uh, hired guns uh, hit uh, home video and oh, video really? on demand. Oh, you're kidding. Uh, I have it ready to go. I was going to watch it last night in anticipation of tonight, and I didn't get around to it. But, uh, yeah, Mr. Ray Parker Jr.'s got a big chunk in there about uh, his time as a session musician and then, of course, talking a little bit about Ghostbusters. And uh, Well, and I didn't realize, I think he's actually one of the producers of the film, too. So uh, well, he's, go. he's, got a, he's got a big stake in it as well. So uh, there we go. I had no idea. I'll go hit up iTunes now and that, see if it's right there. there. There you, everybody. Good I just final pulled thought. a final thought out of my ear, <laughs> like and it was well worth it. Well worth it. Uh, yeah, I forgot that that was out. Um, 
it kind of goes back and back to that there was another one on my list on iTunes. There's a movie called The Sci-Fi Boys, uh, which you may or may not be familiar with. No, but, uh, I, yeah, I haven't heard of that one. It's not specifically Ghostbusters. It's very broad, and it's kind of about that era that of kids that uh, were of the right age to watch all the uni- like the you know fright features uh creature feature Svengooly uh, uni- yeah. and all that uh and this one was i mean vaguely touched on that but lent more heavily on the fact that uh they did have uh footage of Forey ackerman and all that who did uh, famous monsters of film land so there's this era of kids that if you track them uh their impact on the movies then we watched generationally in the 80s and all that so uh they talked to john landis they talked to uh richard enlin ding 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 ghostbusters they talked to rick baker they talked a little bit to steven spielberg uh, who oh steve johnson was in there ding 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 ghostbusters um and you know actually there were actually a couple of sweet shots of you know slimer from ghostbusters 2 and all that but it's not Nobody really talks about Ghostbusters. Rather, it's very broadly about this generation of guys that grew up and ingested all this uh, old Hollywood horror and wanted to go make movies, and so they did. And I mean, Reitman's not in there, uh, and I don't know that he necessarily perfectly fits in, but definitely Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis fell into the group of guys who would have watched a lot of that stuff. Yeah, in- uh, just influenced as much, by it. Yeah, just as much as they were influenced by. Uh, because uh, I mean, a lot of the speaking of you know the Bob Hope stuff, Scared Stiffs, all that, all that stuff would have fallen into the same syndicated packages uh, for you know weekend viewing and all that. So it's uh, I, I liked it. It's a little low budget, but it's got some real good interviews. Yeah, it stuff. seems like good good content and a good holiday view. So that holiday, uh, yeah, that with a back to back of Hired Gun, that's that's a good documentary or two. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah, it oh. Is. Uh, before we end here, I did realize we just got a last minute message from Joshua at the Massachusetts Ghostbusters. We have a little bit of a message from them as well. Uh, so, uh, we'll, we'll end on, on a little shout out to those guys. Uh, the Massachusetts Ghostbusters will be at the Boston Comic-Con with the Ghostbusters of New Hampshire on August 11th through the 13th. So that's this week. Do not miss it. Uh, if you're in the Boston f- area, gonna be freaking wicked. It's yeah, exactly. But you get the New Hampshire they- guys and the Massachusetts guys together. <laughs> that's dangerous. That is dangerous. They'll be wailing. So check them out. Uh, they're at booth 577 at the Boston Comic Con. They're having a raffle. They're raising uh, money for charity as they always are. They've got uh-huh. the, the the Bay State Children's Hospital of Springfield, Massachusetts, that they take under their wing and and uh, source so uh go check that out it's bostoncomiccon.com it is coming up this weekend the 11th through the 13th so uh if you are listening to this and it is this weekend and you're in the boston area and you do not have plans you just made them you guys this is this is what you're going to be doing so check that out go check out the massachusetts guys on facebook they have these wonderful uh lifeguard pens that uh, I think you cannot get anymore. I think that run is over. But same thing, Children's Hospital uh, fundraiser. Lifeguard P- pins. 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 Not pens. Pens. Pins. Ugh. I, you you could write with them. Nah, whatever. <laughs> no, you that's, can't. That's the, Col- the Colorado. Do they actually have pens? No, no, they don't. They're oh, pins. Too bad. I want one of those. <laughs> 
Now I'll just have to go make them. Oh, okay. We're going to make fun of accents again. It's fine. <laughs> what do you mean, again? For days. As, as I can the come target. At you. <laughs> yeah. As, as the say, typical victim. I can tell you. <laughs> anyway, before it gets ugly, guys, we'll sign off for this week. We'll see you all on the other side. Who you going to call? Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional CrossRip. Visit us at ProtonCharging.com, GhostbustersHQ.net, and StillPlayingWithToys.net. You could be one of my two favorite shows. Are you kidding me? Oh, great. What was the other one? Bassmasters. It's a fishing show. Everything you're doing is bad. You truly scare me. I want you to love it. Next week, though, Careless Pets. Weird. Pins. Pins.